in true ProPilot Playbook fashion, just like our last TN Fly Girl video, Mike actually came up with this. We have a a uh, alternate theory of what possibly could have happened here, although in my opinion, it's unlikely, but you know what? People do crazy stuff. Hello, and welcome to the Pro Pilot Playbook Podcast, where we help aspiring pilots go from a job they hate to a professional pilot as quickly and as cost-effectively as possible. And uh, we've got a current event uh, podcast we're doing right now because of the yeah. huge news story that just occurred. Very so sad we'll day. Very, yeah, very sad, sad day, day in aviation yesterday. It, it yes, flooded yes. the social media markets. A lot of corporate guys out there, you know, just feeling somber, witnessing uh, what happened yesterday. And I'm sure some of you saw it, too. And and this is I totally just jumped in there and interrupted you, Mike. No. I just, you know, we we did those TN Fly Girl videos and we had the conversation like, you know, we did two of them things. We're like, let's let's, you know, press the brake, you know, pump the brakes on these accident video things. We don't want to be typecast into accident video analysis, guys. It's not what we're here for. But this one really hit home. And here we are again talking about another accident. Um, hit home because Mike, you have a home in Naples. This happened in Naples, and uh, this particular airplane is one that we both flew. Right, and, right. Um, yeah, and I I fly a newer variant of it now. I mean, right. uh, and I was actually flying in Florida yesterday, and you I, know, received I was too. a lot of calls. Yeah, hey, hey, what was that? You know, was that you? Even people, you know, that that uh, are fans of the podcast were reaching out to me. Um, so yeah, no, it's a very uh, you know, there's a lot of overlap uh, between the people we know and what we do and 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 this crash. And this is just uh, it's absolutely devastating. I mean, this is not not good. It's not good for the industry. It's not good for anyone. I mean, and, and you know, there's a lot of people in serious mourning. And I want to I want to start this by saying everything we're going to share in here is this this I don't know when you're watching this video, but the crash happened less than 24 hours ago. So right. this is complete speculation. Um, it's what everybody wants to talk about. They want to, you know, uh, get some ideas on what could have happened. Nothing we're going to say here is more than really just an educated guess based on uh, our experience in the corporate world and, and you know, our experience with the Bombardier products and and uh, just what very little information we can gather. Um, and a lot of this information is gathered from message boards and, you know, can, could be completely wrong. Um, but we wanted to put a quick video together because this is such a big story on on what possibly could have occurred here because this is just so catastrophic. I, I, I mean, I had I had people call me that live in Naples saying, you know, this is just like a war zone. I-75 shut down. Right. You can't drive anywhere. I mean, holy cow. And some of these videos coming out of this are horrific. Really. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think. Well, there there was the main video of the uh, passerby on the interstate before they shut the inter- other side of the interstate even down. Uh, he must have been one of the first people there because the helicopter in the audio that we're about to hear, you hear the helicopter uh, asking the tower when they shut down the airport permission to go over the scene. And in the video of the, the bystander, whatever, driving by on the interstate, filming the flames engulfed in this 
in the accident, uh, you see the helicopter show up on scene. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, and we're going we're gonna to put that up here on the show. I have the ATC audio we're going to play. But let's, uh, let's talk about So this was a Challenger 604. Yeah, yeah. Which is yeah. the same airplane as if any of you have been on a – the Challenger 604 is, is the same airplane as the CRJ, the Canada Air Regional Jet the 50-seat version. The 50-seat RJ is just a stretched version of the Challenger 604 business jet. Right. So a lot of people flown that. Uh, Sean, you flew the RJ. Yeah. Um, it actually, the the history, history on the airframe, I believe it was originally started as a Challenger 600 business jet. Right. Uh, then they, then they, you know, the, then this craze happened with uh, regional jets and they stretched it out. Um, and then there was a 601, uh, which is uh, really the same thing as this airplane, except it holds less fuel. And then um, they, and it has steam instruments. Then the 604 yep. came out. It's got the Collins Proline. Proline, yes, I think in it. Yeah, and uh, and then they added more range with more fuel tanks and things to it. Um, extremely popular airplane. I mean, this is a very well tested. Uh, it's very comfortable. It's big. Uh, the passengers love it. The tube yeah. is really, really wide. Mm -hmm. Yeah. you know six and a half feet or something uh thousands of these things up. yeah they're, uh, yeah they're yeah, everywhere yeah. can hold which we'll in, yeah we'll get into some of the fueling things in a minute but it can hold a ton of gas you can fly to europe with it i mean this is a yeah, yeah I, I, some of the news stories say small plane crashes on i-75 you're like man this right. is a this is a large cabin business jet i mean this is a big deal yeah well that well if any if history's proven anything the media doesn't know anything about anything i mean no i, I yeah. saw it i don't know it's probably 15 years ago i saw a an interview of uh a, a, it, there was an airplane that went off the runway somewhere up in the northeast and the media was out there interviewing witnesses and they put this one billy bob on the air he's like oh, i could tell he was stuck in the mud because i saw them tires spinning he was trying to get back up on the runway I'm like, oh my God, they put this on the air. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And then, so the airplane was operated by um, Hoppajet. Um, you'll hear their call signs along. This is a pretty sizable, uh, and I haven't researched the total size. I mean, just from here, so it's a it's a big deal. It's a charter operation out of South Florida. They're based at FXE, um, mm -hmm. and I think they got a lot of planes. They've been around forever. Um, it's a, uh, on-demand charter 135 operation. They've got, uh, they, I think the owner Harvey hop, uh, I've heard a lot of people in my career reference him. I think he was a big deal in aviation and stuff and started this, this stuff in the eighties. Um, and, and at least when I was coming up 20 years ago, it was a, it was a spot where a lot of guys got their career started and learned a lot working there for him and, and all of that. And, and obviously South Florida is a huge charter market. So I'm sure they got a, a huge, uh, Rolodex of business. Um, it looks like, I mean, we don't know, you know, what legs were live or whatever, but the airplane was previously in, uh, uh Mexico on a trip. It's, it, and then it was home for a little bit. If you look at flight aware, then it went to, um, uh, the Ohio state airport, OSU, right. which is in Columbus. It sounds like it's part of the, it's kind of a, just a feeder airport for Columbus. Um, and then three passengers were on board there. Um, and then they were going down to Naples. And then I don't know if I have any concrete, but the rumor on the internet is after it went to Naples, it was just going to reposition to Fort Lauderdale executive where the company's based, um, empty is, is what we're hearing. And like I said, some of this may not be true, whatever. 
Um, but it looks like the airplane, you know, was on the picker arrival into Naples. Um, that's what the flight aware data shows and the flight track kind of shows that. And then it got uh, really lining up on final for the, for the runway in Naples. Right. Um, and, and when you're on final approach for that runway, you fly directly over I-75 and then the yeah. pilot reported a dual engine flame out. Um, yeah, the tower had told him to enter. They called the tower with uh, entering the downwind. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess approach had told him to enter a five-mile final. So they were in the downwind when they called tower and telling the five-mile final. The tower told him, go ahead and turn in. Actually, let's just go ahead and play the audio because that's – Yeah, uh, that'd be great. Let's play that. Is, so we This can is where we uh, are in the story anyway. So here we go. This is the communication between Naples Tower – uh, well, it's just basically the Naples Tower radio. You hear other airplanes on there besides Hoppajet. Here we go. Yeah, Hoppajet A23 is with you on a right downwind for a five-mile final, uh, runway 23. Hoppajet A23, roger, make the right turn back towards the airport. Reef 1, departure head, Challenger Jet, runway 23, clear to land, wind 22012, gust 16. All right, Challenger Jet departing. We're turning back towards the airport and clear to land, runway 23, Hoppajet A23. So he's turning his final over 75 Sector right five, now. Yeah, everything sounds normal. Okay, uh, Challenger uh, Hoppajet A23, lost both engines, emergency. I'm making an emergency landing. Whatever's got the emergency, clear to land runway 23. Is that Hoppajet A23? Uh, we're clear to land, but we're not going to make the runway. Uh, we've lost both engines. Shadow 5, there are two northwest right over I-75. Hoppajet 823. Uh, and that's wow. it. Everybody stand by. There's an alert three in progress. Everybody stand by. Wow. Shadow 5, rescue helicopter. Request over the Shadow 5, proceed direct as requested. That's the helicopter. He's already flying. So, wow, that's 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 just chilling to hear, man. Oh, yes, God. And if you look at this video right here, um, you can see this is the passerby. Uh, the airplane's engulfed in flames. We know that the three passengers in the back were able to get out. Yes, the two crew perished, but. If you look at, evidently, the way this guy's driving down the interstate, it, it would have been the opposite way that, that the airplane came in. And you can see the truck in the median right there that was struck by the airplane. So my theory is, as they touched down on the interstate, they, uh, they impacted a vehicle in front of them that was moving, obviously, slower than they were lost control of the airplane directionally and you can see in the wall that it looks like the nose of the airplane impacted that sound wall the barrier the concrete wall they put up along interstates there to keep sound out of neighborhood uh, you can see all the scarring and and everything on the wall so it looks like the nose of the airplane impacted the wall and then flipped around in the opposite direction um that they actually landed in pointed in the opposite direction and even as the airplane's sitting there engulfed in flames you can tell the nose is crunched up so i think that's why the crew perished and the passengers were able to get out even if even if they didn't you know 
lose their lives right. on impact. They, they could have broken their legs or been messed up enough that they couldn't have exited the airplane. Yeah. Cause they're right in the front. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, that, you know, they train you to land, uh, obviously with the traffic. So, right. um, the idea is you're coming in, you know, say 150, 140, 130 miles an hour. So you're going to come in over top of the vehicles. The vehicles are going to see you, they're going to slow down. But what may have happened is they touched down, the vehicles slowed down, but their speed was so high. They ran into the back of a, a car because you're not, you know, not looking in your rear view mirror for a business jet when you're driving right. down the highway, you know? Um, and I haven't heard if anyone died in a car or anything. Um, uh, yeah, I, that's unclear. Oh man. I heard anything man. like that, man. Uh, so, I mean, here's what we know. Um, he, he told the tower, he's, he told the tower, everything seemed fine. Uh, and then a moment later he told the tower, he had a dual engine failure. Uh, yeah, that's just right. And he uh, sounded it, the, you know, listening to that audio. Um, I mean, he sounded pretty calm and collected about the situation really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I guess we could talk about where, I mean, talk about what could actually cause a dual engine flame out in an airplane right. like this. It's, it's, uh, it's not that yeah. common. Of course, everybody knows the, uh, the Solly Sullenberg story. Uh, miracle on the Hudson. Yeah. Um, there's uh, that's when I saw this and I'm sure every other professional pilot thought the same thing. When you see how much, you know, that how much flames were engulfing that aircraft sitting on the interstate there, um, fuel starvation kind of gets taken out of the picture. That was a lot of, yeah, lot of well, fire. You know, that's the number one theory for all internet trolls, uh, uh, like us, internet trolls. Uh, right. Is, uh, because honestly, every time a small plane crashes short of the airport, uh, I'm not talking about jets, but it's always fuel starvation, typically. You know, it's bad fuel planning, especially in GA airplanes. Some of the fuel gauges don't work right, all this kind of stuff. They don't right. catch the winds right, they land short, always fuel. Uh, but, you know, and then one of the things they always put in the, uh, uh, preliminary report is a uh, no post-crash fire or very little post-crash fire well then right. especially with avgas you know there's um you you know that it, there was no fuel in the airplane and it, it was 100 the pilot's fault because that's the easy thing you can just blame the pilots oh they're dumb these dummies ran out of gas right so there is a lot of that you know circulating on on the internet so let's talk about that for a minute so right. um, big thing Sean just brought up, there's a huge fire. Now, we don't know what they hit. Maybe they hit a semi-truck or a, a car full of gas, and then that blew up, and then that caught the plane on fire, and there was still some residual fuel, enough to starve the engines, but maybe in one of the uh, one of the tanks there was enough fuel, and then, you know, the tires catch on fire, and maybe, you know, whatever, and there's a big – it's possible. In hydraulic fluid, I mean, that thing has three separate yeah, hydraulic systems on it. Um, it you know, it's – it even has hydraulic flight controls. So there yeah. is a, a ton of hydraulic fluid in that machine, but that was a lot of fire, a lot of fire. Yeah, a lot of fire. So, Sean, let's talk about how we fuel these corporate jets and how this game works and, and maybe a possible scenario is. So typically, um, and I'm just speculating, this airplane's based in FXC. So right. um, your fuel is always almost always cheaper where you take off, where you're based. Sure. Because hangar customer and you buy so much fuel from them they give you a deal so when you go on these multiple stop trips so let's assume and we don't know for sure but let's assume this is a 
maybe an empty flight from FXC to pick the people up in OF, LSU, take them to Naples, and then reposition back to FXC and go home. Right. So most if, likely if that, the case. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Challenger holds twenty thousand pounds of fuel, and you wouldn't even need anywhere close to that uh, for this trip. So the airplane's capable of just tankering fuel all the way from you know you have to look at your landing weight. You can land with like I right. think in this case ten thousand pounds of fuel. You could land. Uh, so you couldn't top off and and FXC, nor would you need to, but you could carry enough fuel potentially to maybe do the entire trip. Absolutely. And yep. and then go back at FXC. Now, if they did that, this makes it even more unlikely because they would they would not want to waste time in Naples fueling again to to go on a 10-minute trip from Naples to Fort Lauderdale, right? So 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 not only would they their planning have to be so bad that they ran out on the way down, uh, they they also would have burned through the fuel they needed to go from uh, Naples to Fort Lauderdale. That seems odd. Um, now, another way you could plan this and Sean, you can uh, interject on this is mm-hmm. there's fuel minimums. So this is a this is a big deal. So the, the, right. all the FBOs make their money selling gas to jets. Right. So they know uh, that, that all these jets are capable of carrying all this fuel. So what they do is they charge a huge landing fee, especially for a Challenger. That's a, a large cabin airplane. They'll charge a say two thousand dollar, thousand dollar landing fee, depends on where you're at. Right. They waive that if you buy so much gas, you know, a minimum yeah. amount of gas, maybe right. five hundred gallons or something. So that's what that's one of the things you know I consider. Uh, I mean, with these, you know, doing our job. Is uh, is probably the second most bes- behind safety and getting my people where they want to go safely and on time. The second most important part of my job is my fuel planning. When you start talking about an airplane like that Challenger or a Sovereign or that can tanker fuel around, you got to play this fuel game, and it can it take requires a, a lot of thought. Yeah, on multiple stops, you got to sit here and do this math. All right, so. Fuel at my home base is four dollars and seventeen cents a gallon. I'm going to an airport where the gas is eight dollars and seventy nine cents, but they want me to buy six hundred and fifty gallons, or they're going to charge me twelve hundred and fifty dollars if I don't. So I have a little math problem that I do, and then it, you know that's just stop one. There could be two more stops with fuel things, and then so I it's this big game of a math yeah. problem figuring if, because if you just willy nilly flew around, just buying fuel, whatever somebody wanted, you can yeah. easily cost a customer that's paying you to take care of them and take care of their airplane. Hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm probably <laughs> lowballing it. That's because- the old joke. When your pilot's disgruntled, he doesn't care, you know, and then you, you, you start talking to him about fuel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Kids, uh, yeah. Hey man, I sleep when I'm tired. I eat when I'm hungry and I get fuel when I need it. <laughs> that, that guy right. will cost your yep. company a ton of money yeah right? that guy doesn't belong in the corporate jet world he needs to move on to the airlines because it's yeah yeah some of these hot destinations like in aspen and things like that uh boston i mean the fuel can be nine dollars a gallon where you're oh, paying yeah. 289 at home right so mm-hmm. yeah you got to back out all the math and see what makes sense and before you take off on your first leg you got to determine where you're getting gas and how much you're getting. And every, every everybody does this. That's why this guy running out of gas. It's really it, unlikely. Very unlikely. Now, there are unforeseen problems in this at the Ohio State Airport. I don't see that. But this is, in my experience, and I've never obviously been even close to running out of fuel. But when you do get in a fuel critical situation would be this. Um 
let's say you're departing Teterboro at, uh, uh, at uh, uh, 5 p.m. on a Friday and you're going to Palm Beach, okay? And it's a big push. Everybody's getting the hell out of New York City. So you plan for all this. You take enough fuel. You're planning on landing with 3,000 pounds in Palm Beach or whatever. The fuel's really expensive. This is what you're doing. Well, then you, you get out and you're number you know, 30 for takeoff. And there's a thunderstorm cell in the New York Metro. It's screw, screwing down all the flow and everything. So you're waiting and you're just sitting there. Maybe you're shutting down an engine. You're trying to create, you know, this is an unforeseen problem. Well, then, uh, uh, you know, the delay is like hours, right? To get out. Right. If you taxi back to get more gas when uh, you're getting back in that queue and you're, right. you're delaying yourself probably again, two more hours. again. Right. Yeah. Everything starts over. Yeah. Right. Right. So right. there's pressure on folks sometimes to, you know, dig into their reserves a little bit, you know, to go ahead and make your slot out of there that i've seen that before totally. so the icing can be another one i've had yep. that you know it takes way longer there's a possibility i didn't check the weather in osu but maybe they de-iced and they burned a bunch of fuel on the ramp you know getting sprayed right uh, ground that's where, delays that's where experience yeah yeah i mean that's where an experienced seasoned pilot but, but here's know, the thing sean if you're that tight you just land in tampa right sure so, so that teeterboro palm beach scenario that i'm talking about um, the, the rule of thumb there is you just get the hell out of Teterboro, right? Mm. So you take off and then right. you, you land short, then you land, land short in Georgia get and get gas. Don't go back in that mess and, right. and you know, get, you know, but you're never in danger in that scenario. Cause you just right. go somewhere else and get fuel. Right? I really, I, I, yeah, the, the fuel starvation thing for me, um, I don't know, man, that was just, it was too much fire for me yeah. to, go with the fuel starvation i understand that you know we're gonna get comments on well there's always fuel left in the wings yeah i i get that but this fire was huge and this it was an it was still burning and feeding itself and building and growing the guy in that video saying i can feel the heat oh yeah yeah oh hell yeah, yeah. i mean and uh, I just, I'm, I'm not going with the fuel starvation. But However, there's still question marks in my mind. So fuel starvation aside, let's pretend that that's, okay, we got that one sitting there, but let's push that aside. What else would there be? The next one, of course, you know, I just mentioned the, the you know, the Hudson thing, you know, the Sully Sullenberger, um, bird strike, a flock of birds. Okay, that's where most people mindset probably went after seeing that inferno um but i have a question mark on that one too you know we just heard the audio if if i and it's easy to sit here and say well i would have blah 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 but still it, it's it's a required report i feel like i would have taken the extra quarter of a second and included the words in the transmission flock of birds bird strike just flew through a bunch of birds something added to the we lost both engines statement uh, that that is leaving question marks in my mind of why that wasn't said over the radio right um, yeah if it was and, birds. And, and birds when there's a lot of bird activity most pilots are very inclined to tell people because they don't want anybody else to hit them like right right or, or something like that and then you know they do have I, yeah, I mean, it's the ocean, Naples. you got some big pelicans and stuff like that. But Coming so in from you, the other direction, landing runway five is where I see most of my birds going in and out of Naples. Two, three, 
Yeah, I mean, there's birds at every airport, but man, coming in on five, which brings you right over the coastline. Yeah. That's where I see most of my birds and the towers constantly. We got birds on the final. We got birds on final. But um, coming in the other direction, you don't see as many. But that doesn't mean that there wasn't a huge flock of birds right there. Yeah, yeah. In one comment, and this this ties into the next thing that we'll talk about, which is engine failure. But but this is important. So the Challenger 604 has the GE CF34 engines on it. Mm -hmm. uh, this which, engine, is, which are also uh, it, just a... Uh, tidbit of useless information for you that engine is the also the same platform that is used on the a10 thunderbolt exactly that's what i was going to say oh yeah. i'm sorry i and, took, it, away. Yeah, I took yeah. it away from <laughs> yeah and it's 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 designed for uh low level combat i mean yeah. this is a this is a serious engine yes i mean that this engine, is that engine can ingest some birds and keep trucking yeah sure. yeah it's, it could take freaking small arm fire and stuff so so yeah it's got a huge fan on it it's very it's you know big bypass a lot of power down huge low. bypass motor and yeah yeah what that means is that. um i don't have an example here but when you get into jet engines turbo fan engines um you know that big fan that you see when you're boarding an airliner at the airport or whatever that the part that mm -hmm. exp exposed for you that's the fan the in one section and you got to think of that as like a, the propeller the actual jet engine itself inside there is a fraction of the size. It's a little tiny thing compared to the huge fan out front. So in the, that compressor section, that's the actual jet engine. So we call it a bypass. The bypass air is everything that that fan is moving through that engine. And uh, they get into bypass ratios. Different jet engines have different bypass ra yeah. ratios, and that affects efficiency and, you know, it, how many birds they can take. You know, like some of these GE motors with the huge bypass, you know, they shoot turkeys into them to make sure they yeah. can still keep running and stuff. Turkeys, folks. Um, so, right. it, but I, I guess in true pro pilot playbook fashion just like our last tn fly girl video mike actually came up with this we have a a uh alternate theory of what possibly could have happened here although in my opinion it's unlikely but you know what people do crazy stuff and you know at Mike, why don't you hit him? Right, with right. This just came to me this here. morning, but um, so and it's a stretch. But all this is a stretch, to be honest with right. you. Right. So, uh, yeah. So just to put a bow on that last conversation, the chances of a mechanical issue where both engines fail at the same time is really low. Um, low. And then the birds, it's possible. I mean, it's definitely possible. But why didn't he say something about it? Right. Um, and 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 you know, I, I I yeah yeah. So and but they were down low, and that's where a lot of birds are and stuff. So that's possible. Um, so here's what I was thinking. Um, so, you, you know, the, 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 uh, dual engine failure is almost impossible. Right. Uh, single engine failure though happens. It's not common, but it, it's way, way more likely that one engine failure happens. Right. There you could get a huge bad vibration, something in the accessory gearbox goes out and takes something else with it. And you got an engine running rough or running hot or something like that, something is not right with that motor, and you can sense it, the passengers can sense it from vibration, that stuff happens. Yes. I mean, it could still be producing thrust, but it can be pretty worrisome for the pilot up here watching his instruments, you know, peg out on certain things. And, yes. you know, this machine sounds and feels different. 
you know, that can be concerning for a pilot. Yeah, yeah. So um, we, it's possible, uh, you know, they were on that arrival. Um, they get some vibration in the engine. The captain tells the non-flying pilot to uh, do a precautionary shutdown. And there's several procedures in the airplane where, you know, you're getting a vibe or whatever. The checklist tells you to shut the plane down. And this is a known thing. I mean, any professional jet pilot in training, they talk about this. It happens. You, you have to do things very concisely and methodical. Right. And you have to guard the good engine and then, you know, all, all of that uh, to prevent the possibility in the heat of the moment when you're when your first officer is running the checklist to 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 secure the vibrating engine, they accidentally get the sides confused and they shut down the good engine. Right. Uh, it's possible. It, and you're thinking, how could this happen, Mike? You just said that they're procedures and guarding a good engine well something else that could go along with this and i just came up with this one second ago yeah yeah <laughs> um in in that heat of the moment of well we're in the pattern we're on downwind turning final um i personally would have never messed with it because even if yeah, that why engine, would you do that you even if land. that engine's on fire well, if it's on fire, but just for an example, an engine on fire is still most likely it producing thrust. It, even a bad engine, oftentimes in these jet engines, is producing some thrust. But yeah, fire you'd want to take care of. But the in the, because they know they had the runway made, they were in the pattern. It's possible that they circumvented running any checklist and just thought, eh, we're here. Yeah, we'll go ahead and just shut this one down. We're fine. Yeah. And yeah, shut the wrong one down. Yeah. Yeah. Now yeah, that's, that's a stretch. And we'll know because, yeah, this airplane has, uh, you know, it's got the audio recording. It's got the black box in it. It doesn't record data, flight data, I don't think. But it definitely records. It's got a cockpit voice recorder in it. Um, yeah. So we will know the real story here. I guess they could have lost an engine, you know, way out on the arrival and didn't tell ATC for whatever reason. That's you know? also possible. Uh, but he sounded awful calm on the on the first transmission um, uh, that, that that was on there. But yeah, you, you know, maybe maybe they were screwing around um, on the arrival um, uh, and and exactly what you said, maybe just going to land and then. Yeah, I don't know. And then and then shut down the raw engine. It's a stretch. It really is. It's a stretch. But I mean, every like I said, everything's everything kind of a stretch now. So, you know, yeah, maybe there was a huge flock of birds. They ingested that both engines failed right on final couldn't make it. Uh, maybe they ran out of gas. I mean, I don't know. Can you think of anything else, Sean? That, no, I mean, there's no mechanical failure that could have taken both engines out simultaneously. There's right. No there's nothing that could have happened there. Oh, there is something circulating on uh, fuel contamination. Right, uh, but that wouldn't have happened on your, you know, in the pattern after you just did the whole flight. That's you just flew that's typically two hours. a uh, just took it off thing and that's something we train for. Well, not necessarily training for, but it's become kind of a um a go-to thing, you know, when you're at recurrent training in the simulator and you got all your boxes checked and you know the Sometimes the sim instructor will ask you, you want to see anything, you know, and um, I always got stuff I want to try, you know, silly mm -hmm. stuff like put me in a box canyon, give me a fuel computer, fail, whatever, you know, and 
I want to turn off the ECUs and see if I can, you know, get out of there without over revving the motor. I don't know. I do crazy stuff, but the, uh, the go-to if a pilot can't come up with anything, they give you the fuel contamination uh, thing sometimes, which is you just took off, you just got the gear in the well, dual engine failure, and practice and trying to, and you would never do this in a little Cessna, but in right. a jet, certain jets, because of the speed and how much altitude you know how the climb rate of these things you can actually turn around and make the airport dead stick yeah um, so that's kind of a and it's more of like a pilot skill thing uh yeah. than anything that would actually happen but um that is a typical thing that you know you get and we kind of everybody's yeah, the, done but that that happens right after takeoff fuel contamination right. because the theory is you got good fuel still in there from the last fuel truck right and, and it takes a minute on takeoff you're at a really high consumption rate and that's when the bad stuff starts working it back in there I, right yeah yeah i did see a couple people you know in the comments online um and i think it's gia guys asking about fuel selectors and did they not switch tanks and stuff jets are not like no that. it doesn't work that way yeah in in the 604 has a very how would i say it it's a complicated fuel system but it's easy to use so there is a lot of tanks there's collector tanks and wing tanks and there's like three tanks in the tail and i think i mentioned in the beginning the 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 old variant of this had shorter range well they ended up sticking tanks all over the airplane basically to increase the range but there's not like a bunch of valves and switches you know it doesn't look like a fire truck up there in the cockpit you know right all that's computer controlled yeah um, you could have you could have lost the fuel out of one of the wings entirely and you know the fuel system's divided into two and you know and even if one of it completely fails you can drive both engines off the other right. side um yeah that's not a issue whatsoever no no yeah so yeah the contamination there would have had to be you know some sort of contaminant and then that's that's like heavy contamination if you're flaming out both motors so why would that occur two and a half hours into the flight no I, simultaneously I, no this was this was not that i mean the bird theory is probably the strongest but I, again, why didn't he say anything on the radio? I don't know. But I do know this, mm -hmm. that that crew saved the life of those three people 100%. on the airplane. They got yeah, the airplane right. down on the interstate. And unfortunately, you saw in the video, it, I mean, it. they saved those people's lives. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're probably going to come out of this as heroes. I mean, yes. that was an unbelievable move. Just as good as, as Captain Sully landing on the Hudson. This is the corporate version, you know, of doing an off airport landing on an right. interstate, uh, you know, busy time. Uh, anybody that's been to trip, there's always traffic in Naples. It's, it's peak season. Oh down God, there. that's I mean, 75, man. There's so much traffic on. Oh, yeah. oh so, you know, uh, again, uh, condolences to everyone involved and, uh, uh there's going to be a lot. I mean, this is a huge high profile crash, so there's going to be a lot more, um, the MTSB will release a preliminary investigation, which will really tell us a lot. What's that take, Sean? Usually about a month or so. Yeah, I don't know. Um, in this case, you know, they're going to have the CVR, the cockpit voice recorder. Um, and because this was a, you know, a, a challenger going out of Naples and, you know, this isn't somebody in their Piper who ran out of gas and went into a swamp. I mean, this is or whatever into some trees yeah. in nebraska you know this is a little more high profile i don't know uh, it, it, and it it's could probably be quicker to, to comment on that sean it, it's probably going to come out here in the next few days 
who the passengers were and you know they were probably prominent you know it's people. very possible yeah, yeah. so I, yeah uh, uh there's going to be you know a lot of information gathered um but right now there's a lot of armchair quarterbacking and you know that's that's just the way it is you know but everybody wants to know they want to kind of try to learn something this catastrophic holy right. cow right yeah okay um i think that's all we got on it we wanted to get this thing out right away uh, yeah the regular scheduled podcast will resume but uh, yeah and if you're it's your first time here and you're interested in flying check out some of our other videos on how to learn to fly or how to uh, learn to be a pilot i should say yeah uh, so thank you for watching and please like and subscribe we'll see you.